0: This is an important chapter in the Bible, but you will have to listen all the way to the end to understand why that is. Hear now the word of the Lord, beginning at verse 1. Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. Now, this is a helpful verse, just in terms of reminding us that this story happens during the time when the lifespans were contracting to where they are now and where they are in the Bible after the time of the patriarchs. Sarah lived 127 years, which is about 1.6 times what we would consider normal nowadays, which means that she would have looked to us like she was in her late 30s in Genesis chapter 12, and she would have looked 55 to us when Abraham lied to Abimelech and when she subsequently gave birth to Isaac. That's just good to know. Verse 2 goes on to say, and Sarah died at Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went in to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. And Abraham rose up from before his dead and said to the Hittites, I am a sojourner and foreigner among you. Give me property among you for a burying place that I may bury my dead out of my sight. Now, the phrase that Abraham uses to describe himself here is significant. He says that he is a sojourner and foreigner. The Hebrew is ger Toshav alien and resident. That is important because a resident alien was unable to purchase real estate. So hear that. At this point, Abraham is without rights and without possession in the land. And that is the posture of all of God's people in this world while we wait for the arrival of the promises. We are aliens and and yet residents in this world. And we often find ourselves without rights, without power, and without possession, and we find ourselves subject to the whims and mercy of other men, other people who do not know God and who do not care about the promises. This is the life of faith, and it has been for a very long time. Verse 5 goes on to say, The Hittites answered Abraham, Hear us, my lord, you are a prince of God among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our tombs. None of us will withhold from you his tomb to hinder you from burying your dead. Abraham rose and bowed to the Hittites, the people of the land. And he said to them, If you are willing that I should bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and entreat for me Ephron, the son of Zohar, that he may give me the cave of Machpelah, which he owns. It is at the end of his field. For the full price, let him give it to me in your presence as property for a burying place. Now, Ephron was sitting among the Hittites. And Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham in the hearing of the Hittites, of all who went in at the gate of his city. No, my lord, hear me. I give you the field, and I give you the cave that is in it. In the sight of the sons of my people, I give it to you. Bury your dead. Then Abraham bowed down before the people of the land, and he said to Ephron in the hearing of the people of the land, But if you will hear me, I give the price of the field. Accept it from me, that I may bury my dead there. Ephron answered Abraham, My lord, listen to me. A piece of land worth four hundred shekels of silver, what is that between you and me? Bury your dead. Abraham listened to Ephron, and Abraham weighed out for Ephron the silver that he had named, in the hearing of the Hittites, 400 shekels of silver, according to the weights current among the merchants. Now, verses 5 to 16 preserve a fascinating example of ancient Near Eastern culture and etiquette. Everyone in the story pretends that they are disinterested in the, pro- in the process, but everyone is making sure that they can get the most out of the transaction right? Take it, my friend. What is a field valued at 400 shekels of silver between you and me? He sounds like he would be happy to give it away, but by naming the price, which was probably exorbitant, he makes it impossible for Abraham to take it for anything less than that price. Abraham has to pretend like that that number means nothing to him as well, Just just a formal part of the transfer process, even if he thought the price was too high. Historians and scholars delight in all these wonderful little details in the story, but for our purposes, we need to notice that Abraham had no right to this purchase. He was landless and vulnerable, subject to abuse and extortion in the land of promise, even with respect to burying his dead. Verse 17 says, So the field of Ephron in Machpelah, which was to the east of Mamre, the field with the cave that was in it, and all the trees that were in the field throughout its whole area, was made over to Abraham as a possession in the presence of the Hittites before all who went in at the gate of his city. Again, this level of detail is interesting historically because it helps to prove that this is an ancient document, not a much later creation. Derek Kidner, for example, says here, the reference to the trees in verse 17 is characteristic of Hittite land transactions, which were careful to specify them. The whole chapter seems to reflect the Hittite laws current in patriarchal times. Verse 19 goes on to say, After this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah, east of Mamre, that is Hebron, In the land of Canaan, the field and the cave that is in it were made over to Abraham as property for a burying place by the Hittites. Now, I mentioned off the top that the importance of this chapter is not as self evident as, say, the importance of chapter 12 or 15 or 17 or 22, but it is an important chapter. This chapter reminds us that the patriarchs and the matriarchs died in faith. They understood that because of the promise of God, not even death could keep them from inheriting the promised land. More than that, they understood that the promises of God were ultimately about far more than the land of Canaan. We know that because the author of Hebrews says that. He says in Hebrews 11:8 8 to 16, he says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. the apostle speaks about Abraham and Sarah, and he says that even when they were as good as dead, even when their bodies were point, were past the point of fertility, still they believed in the promises of God. And then once they had received the first installment, the first part of that promise in the birth of Isaac, not even death itself could keep them from believing that God would give them everything. He would deliver on all that he had promised, including the land, but more than the land. He says that they were desiring a better country that is a heavenly one. Ultimately, the apostle says, Abraham and Sarah had their eye on the prize to which Palestine only pointed. The land was a token of a greater promise still to come. A heavenly country, an eternal city whose designer and builder is God. That's why this chapter is in your Bible. Because it shows you the scope and length and height and depth of true and saving faith. shows you a faith that has survived doubt and delay and even death. Thanks be to God. And thank you for listening to another episode of Into the Word. If you've appreciated the Into the Word ministry, I'd like to personally invite you to pay it forward by supporting one of our preferred mission partners. For the remainder of this year, we are highlighting the church planting ministry Mile One in St. John's, Newfoundland. Newfoundland is classified as an unreached population with less than 2% of people identifying as evangelicals. Mile One Ministries is committed to helping healthy churches plant other Bible-believing, gospel-preaching churches. Here at Into the Word, I only promote ministries that I have first-hand, on-the-ground experience with. Mile One is bearing fruit and is being led and stewarded by people that I know and trust. If you'd like to make a contribution to this important ministry, you can do that by visiting the Into the Word website at IntoTheWord.ca.